talking about the gospel. Um, and that's what it's all about. You know, you, you know you, we don't want to take the topics of God, like the love of God, the grace of God, and make it another section of, uh, of the counsel of God. We talk about the, the love and the grace, the covenant, the goodness, because it, it's the, those are the, the those are the prime factors of what Jesus has done for us. That's what makes this a better covenant. All of those things that have been revealed to us. Um, I'm going to begin reading out of. Uh, I haven't decided yet. Can you bear with me while I get a sermon for tonight? Um, no. Uh, John chapter 15 is And we're going to look at the purity of this gospel. And uh, if, if you can see what we're looking at tonight, there again, this clarifies things. It gets rid of the purity of the gospel, the purity of Jesus and knowing who he is. It gets rid of the junk that gets in the way of, 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 of Christians and Christianity. There's been, you know, there's been, you, when you look at Jesus, what do you see? You see the Son of God. You see perfection, right? You see everything. You see righteousness, holiness. You see everything in Him. You see the Father in Him. But then we have the scriptures that say, as He is, so are we in this world. And, so we, and, so, and then, then people are like, well, then why do we struggle? Jesus said, if you abide in me, you'll ask what you will, it'll be done. And Christians are like, well, I'm there, but why, where's the disconnect? And the disconnect is in what people think. It's their perception. It's what they see. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And so a lot of the problem has been that, that since Jesus came and did his thing and Made it, created a new creation and made a new nature in our souls, in our mind, in our perceptions, in our belief system, there have been modifications. There have been things that have been brought in, added in, that were meant to help us in this walk in Christ, but they actually hindered so many people. I'll explain that to you more as we look at beginning in John um, 15. I got a lot of things to read, but you know what um, you know what, what what GMO is, right? What GMOs are, genetically modified organisms, right? And um, and 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 the reason we have GMOs is because um, we've found ways to genetically modify plants and even animals to to where we can we can create meat, uh, beef and chickens that grow faster, grow bigger, even taste better. Um, Corn that you can, you know, you where you used to be able to, you know, produce twenty six barrels of uh, twenty six bushels an acre, you can now produce multiple, multiple times that. Excuse me, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 things have been genetically modified. They've they 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 can make corn that that what they do is it's it's an amazing thing. I, it boggles my mind how how they do this because we're talking about molecular science here. We're talking about we're not talking about just taking a molecule, we're talking about taking a part of a molecule, a DNA molecule, and then taking a part of that little molecule and bringing it in and adding it to a DNA molecule of something else 
and creating, creating a different thing. And so we can have things like corn, for instance, that now have been created because they've taken the, the uh, uh, part of a DNA of a bacteria. And they've put that little part of a DNA, not even a whole DNA uh, molecule, but a part of it. And they, they can put that into the DNA of, a, of, 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 of corn and they create corn that's, that's um, pest resistant. It's got its own built-in pesticide. And so all these things that we, we do to, to enhance, to produce more, to make it better, uh, and, and, you know, and, and we, we have all that. The problem with it is that which was meant to be good, they say it often, you know, they're saying it, there's, there's problems that go along with that. There's issues that go along with it. They're saying, you know, a lot of this stuff that, we're, you know, we're like, we're looking around like, where's all this autoimmunity deficiencies coming from now? They say it may be, may be that that goes in it. E. coli was not a human, a human concern uh, just a few years ago in and cows, cows started getting it because they, they wouldn't feed them grass in these mass-produced lots and these feed lots, and they would just feed them this enhanced corn, this GMO corn, and cows weren't meant to, to eat corn. It was to be grass, and, and they need that grass for their digestive system but because they don't eat grass in, in those, those particular um, ways that, they, that they, they, they raise them. So they get these digestive problems and E. coli, and then it gets in the meat, and then, then it gets in the manure, and it gets in the plants. And, and, and so this is why you hear of an, uh, an outbreak of these things uh, that happen. And it didn't used to happen in humans uh, not that long ago. But so there's, there's these things, is my point, is that there's things that go with it that in our attempt to make things better, to improve things um, with modification, uh, it actually ends up having these underlying problems that may be worse than what we were trying to do. I said that to say this, that, I, that uh, tonight I want you to look at that and consider as we look at, for instance, we look at our food thing now, and I'm not talking, my, my message is not about food or diet. It's about the kingdom, but I'm using an example here, is that we now, you know, we now advertise if something has, is, is organic, that is not genetically modified. And it seems to be kind of rare when you look in the stores, right? And the fact is about three-fourths of our food produced, plant and animal, is, is genetically modified. And it's not the same as what it was. And so you have those two comparisons. You have that which has been genetically modified and all the stuff that goes with it. And then you have the organic. Now, in Christianity, I'm saying that what we have found when we look at this, we, have, we find so much struggle because we see Christianity that has been genetically modified. It has, and when we talk about genetics, we're talking about something that is hereditary, something that is inherent in that organism. And when we genetically modify it, we're breaking that hereditary chain there and we're making it something that it totally is not. And so in the kingdom... As children of God, as he is, so are we. As children of God, we have the heritage of God. We have the nature of God. The Bible tells us that. We have all that God is, the love of God, the character of God. We have that same him. The same spirit abides in us. The Bible even says we have the mind of Christ. But what has happened is that man brings these other things in, trying to make Christianity work better, trying to make it better, trying to enhance it, and I believe the motivations are, are, are good, but we have these underlying things. And one of them that I see is that in all of these things that we try to do, what we deal with is this underlying issue 
a soul illness, if you will, of condemnation. And, by, and condemnation is not just that you believe that, 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 that you know, you're carrying a burden of sin and it's, you're an ugly sinner. Uh, a lot of us don't, may not believe that anymore, but condemnation can, work, can, can, can manifest in a way where you just don't measure up, you're just not there, you're not spiritual enough, you don't have enough faith, you can't hear God, you can't connect with God, you're not good enough, you're not spiritual enough. It's just, it, all those are condemnations. Those are accusations. Those are slanders about you. And those are the underlying effects of what we have tried to do over the years of, of modifying from the original, which is Jesus. Huh? As he is, so are we. So let's get organic. And organic, when we're talking about Christianity, when we're talking about us and, and, and the Lord, organic speaks of relationship. It's natural. And I think that's where the problem is with a lot of, a lot of believers is we get questions like, how do I do this? How do I make this work? How do I get the promises to happen? How do I, get my, how do I make myself here to God? How do, I, how do I renew my mind? How do I get this revelation? How do I cause myself to believe that? How, and they're, and they're, they're working all, trying to work all these things, trying to modify themselves, rather than letting it be organic, which comes out of a relationship with a real, live, living personality who is God? Huh? And it's the life of that person that we've come into that union relationship with is that affects the changes. In fact, it says so right here in John chapter 15, verse 1. What does Jesus say? I, whoops, I am the true vine. <laughs> huh? I'm not genetically modified. I am the real, <laughs> I am the pure, I am the true, <laughs> I'm the organic, I'm the living. In fact, I'm the author of life, because <laughs> I'm the vine. He says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So right off, right off the bat, look at Jesus. He is the life. He's the life giver, and he came to give us abundant life, right? Jesus has not been genetically modified. In fact, if you just look back two verses before that, in chapter 14, verse 30, what does he say? Henceforth, I will not be talking, uh, I will speak no more with you. He says, because the prince of this world comes, and he's fat, and, excuse me, he, prince of this world comes, and he has nothing in me. The prince of this world. Prince of this world, and he has nothing in me. In other words, he has not taken any genome and put it into my DNA. <laughs> he has not altered me. He has not modified me. This world has not changed me. Now, most of us in our souls, we are products of a conglomeration of, of belief systems, of, of our cultures, of our, the ways we're, we're, we're raised, our philosophy, our religions, our circumstances, situations that we were raised with, words that people have said to us. All these things come in huh, and produces your perceptions, your thoughts, your ideas. And Jesus comes into the world, and this world, and all that it, that it can throw at you, did not modify him one bit. He stayed exactly who he is. When he came into this world and when he left this world, he was still the one that came into this world. Jesus the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Never modified one bit. So, so Jesus came into this world to bring something into this world, but the world didn't put anything in him. Right? So he's the true vine. The prince of the world got no, nothing in him. No, nobody was able to put some other kind of 
of part of any kind of other kind of DNA and alter who he was. <laughs> okay. He says, so I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I want to look at this. Verse 3. You're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. So right there off the bat, he speaks of us now. And he says, and you are already clean. So one of the alterations that we see that comes in the church that we have to deal with, that Judy and I have to deal with, is that as people not measuring up, trying to get clean trying to get cleaner, trying to get more holy, trying to get more right, trying to be a better bride for the, for the bridegroom, and, and, and trying, trying to get clean, trying to get better, trying to improve, trying to be more, more like Jesus. And so how do you do that? We, we add a lot of things to, to, to alter, uh, to make it not organic. We make it more mechanic, in fact. So rather than have a relationship with, 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 with Jesus where we love him and we talk to each other and we enjoy each other and we learn from him because he's so all-knowing we have these mechanical things now it's time to do this now i got to clock into my prayer closet now i got to you know oh the bible says praise him seven times a day i've done it four times i got three more to go before midnight people think of those kind of things and 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 while tools can help us along the way, what we're really looking at, what we want to get back to, is the relationship because relationships are organic. Hmm? Um, with, with with Judy and I, we don't follow a list of rules of how we're to treat each other. It's organic. We know each other. Therefore, because we know each other, we love each other, and so we treat ourselves accordingly according to that relationship. Hmm? We don't have to have a book to tell us, and I'm not, talking, I'm not putting down the Bible, I'm just saying in, in, we don't have to have a marriage book for ourselves to, 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 to teach us how to treat each other because the, or, the relationship is organic. So he says, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me. Abide in me and I in you because as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine... Neither can you unless you abide in me. I like that, that he says that word abide three times. Here's what you do. You abide in me. What does abiding in, in someone? There again, that's organic. Live in me. Dwell in me. Hmm? And he says it three times there. Verse 5. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So we, we bring in a lot of these enhancements to the church and to its teaching Trying to make the church more fruitful. That's what we're trying to do. In all of our errors that we brought forth, all we were trying to do was make the church more fruitful. And Jesus keeps it simple and he says, abide in me and you'll be fruitful. What did Jesus say? He says, if you, he says you're, 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 you're burdened, you're worn out, you're heavy laden. Come to me. I'll give you rest. He says, just come and learn about me. I'm meek. I'm humble. I'm, huh? He said, and you'll find rest for your souls. Let's get organic here. Let's, let's remember this is a relationship with somebody. This isn't how do I please God. They would ask him those questions. Huh? Believe in me. <laughs> here he says, abide in me. People ask me, how do I do this? How do I believe this? How do I get this revelation? In other words, how do I get more fruitful? How do I make this happen? How do I get the promises to manifest? I believe it, Rick, but how does I get it to manifest? I'm like, 
you don't even realize you're talking double talk here. But, but, he said, but, but the answer is right here again from the true vine, from the pure, the pure and simple and all powerful says, abide in me. Just live in me because it's all about me. I'm the vine. You can't do nothing without me. So don't you do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to produce. Everything you need is in that vine. Everything the branch needs, right, comes from that vine, nothing else, right? So he says, so who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Because without me, you can't do it. Verse uh, 7, he said, if you abide in me, boy, that word, just, he just keeps saying it over and over again. Abide, 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 abide. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. Now, remember, we're looking at organic. And this is key in this here. Because, because we look at that verse and we say, hey, this is how we get what we want. This is how we can pray and get our prayers answered. And, and that's really what he's doing here. But what people have done, because they, they don't see it organically or relationally, they see it more as a, a slot machine or, or some kind of a formula here. Oh, so this is how I can get it to happen. This is how I can get what I want. This is how I can change things. This, and, they, and they look at it as, as, as something more that they work. Rather than he says, if you just abide in me, watch this. He says, watch this. Abide in me. Watch this now. Abide in me and you'll ask what you will and it'll be done. Uh, how does that work? Okay, think of it like this. So when we're talking about abiding in me, we're talking organic. We're talking about a relationship. Okay? Think of somebody that you have a relationship with and you love them and you know them, you know them well, and you love them. And if they ask you to do something for them, if you can do it, would you do it? If it's within your ability to do it, is there anybody in your life that, know, that you know so well, that you're so close to, that you love and care about so much, that if they ask you for something, would you do it if you can? The answer, most of us would be yes. And we, we're talking person to person here. So that, and, and why would you do it? Because it's relational. If some, you know, if there's, a, if, if there's a stranger that contacts you on Messenger and Facebook and says, you know, could you please give $1,000 to me? <laughs> you might not do it. You don't have a relationship. You don't know the person. But that's much different from someone in your family or your closest best friend or whatever. That's much, it's much different if it's somebody that you're in a relationship with, with right? That's what he's saying here. If, you're, if you've got a relationship with somebody, if it's organic, yeah, ask me. I'll do it. <laughs> if I can, good thing about Jesus, he can do anything. <laughs> huh? So you see, that's how it works. He wasn't giving you a formula and saying, now, if you do it all right, if you, if you can understand this mystery and just figure out what it means and line yourself up with that, then you can, then, then you can start praying things and things will happen. That's not what he was doing. He's talking about relationship here. Are y'all seeing this? Sure, you'll ask what you will and it'll be done. And this is where it gets really good because you're, 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 you're enjoying a person, a real person, though he's invisible, he's very real, <laughs> A real person who cares about you and, and you know it. And you got this relationship and you're asking. And, and because you've got this relationship, you find yourself not asking stupid 
as much as you used to. <laughs> I grow, you grow, we all grow. <laughs> That's good. And we're growing in relationship is what it is. Hmm? You know, when I was a child, I asked my daddy for some things that after a while, I didn't ask him for anymore. Because <laughs> they weren't, I found out that wasn't as important. <laughs> but there were times when I needed something, daddy would do it. Okay. <clears throat> Y'all see that? Abide in me, my wor- and my words abide in you. You'll ask what you will, and it shall be done. And this is how my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So will you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, verse 9, also I have loved you, so abide in my love. He kept saying, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. And then he really gets descriptive and he says, abide in my love. Because when you're abiding in him, when you're in relation with him this way, what you're living in is his love. What you're wrapped up in his love. What you're experiencing is his love. It's organic. Huh? Are, y'all, are y'all, y'all seeing this? Get, get it. I mean, you, when, you, when you are so aware all the time that this is relational, with a person who, can, who loves you, who talks about you, who cares about you, who talks to you, who cares about you, who wants the best for you, who can do the best for you, huh? then this thing doesn't become so mysterious and so hard. He's a person. Do I know everything about him? No, but I don't know everything about anybody. <laughs> hmm? But if I have a relationship, I know him more. Right? As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. So live there. Abide there. Live in my love. When you wake up, live loved. When you go to bed at night, live loved. Don't give me your list of sins because you're scared I'll send you to hell in your sleep. (laughs) Live in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments... And abide in his love. What's the commandments? Abide in him. You abide in love. Relational. You're living in love. How did Jesus do with the things he said, he, that he did? He says, the Father loves me. Therefore, what the Son asks, he does. Me and my Father are one. We're so tight. We're so close. Me and Daddy. Huh? He kept telling, pointing to the whole thing. He said, this is how it works. It's relationship. Not because I'm, because I'm just some independent Superman. Not, because, not just because I'm just endowed with superpower. Here's how I do it. The Father loves me. I abide in his love. And because I live in that same love, this is what I've given to you. So abide in my love. And these things, verse 11, he said, watch this. He said, I've spoken these things to you so that my joy can remain in you and your joy may be full. Where does the joy come from? It comes from him, the vine. Huh? Can you make yourself joyful? No, but the joy is in the vine. See, because you're attached, the branch has a relationship with the vine. Hmm. And therefore, it's partaking of what the vine supplies. This is what we, we look at when we're talking about the grace of God, the chorus of God, the gifting of God, the generosity of God. As we're looking at the full supply coming from him. All of the GMO, the genetic modifications that have come into the church belief system, church-wide, have, are, are things that, put it, that, that, that try to get you to be more fruitful, to produce more fruit. When Jesus says, let's, let's don't go the GMO way. 
Let's don't work so hard trying to produce more bushels per acre. Let's, let's stay organic here. Let's stay pure. Let's produce good stuff, the real stuff. How's that? So we go to, go with me to 2 Corinthians 11. Oh, I love this one. Second Corinthians 11, of course, Paul writing to the Corinthian church. <clears throat> Verse 2, he says, Now I'm jealous with you for a godly jealousy, <clears throat> because I betrothed you to one husband, so that I can present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, first of all, I love this here, because look what Paul, Paul did. This is relational again. This is organic again. He said, I didn't give you the rules to live by. In fact, some people take some of these letters, and when, he shows, when he's tell, showing us what, 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 what life in the Spirit looks like, we, they think that he's given a list of rules for us to live by. That's not relational. Here's what he did. He said, no, I, 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 I joined you to the person. I, I introduced you to Christ. I betrothed you to the person of Christ himself. I got you into a relationship is what I did. Are y'all here? Huh? I didn't come here to be your boss and tell you what to do and give you the list of, of all your behavior uh, things that you're, that you're to line up with, that you have to live up to. I gave you to the person. I betrothed you to him. He said, I betrothed you so I could present you as a chaste virgin unto Christ. What's a chaste virgin? Pure, holy, clean. <laughs> huh? He says, so you can see what a lot of the, the modifications have done in the church is people are not, aren't feeling clean again. They're not feeling chaste. They're not feeling good enough. They're not feeling holy enough. He says, verse 3, but I'm fearing lest somehow, just watch this, I love this, just as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. The simplicity, don't you love that word? The simplicity that's in Christ. Organic. <laughs> Doesn't have layers and labor, layers of modifications. And you know what, 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 what we do, the reason we got so much stuff, why there's such a long list of things in Christianity that have come in. There's been pet doctrines and fad moves of God and fad doctrines and, 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 and focusing on, on behavior modification in the church, focusing too much on end time prophetic thing and, 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 and spiritual warfare and, and breaking generational curses and layers and layers of things. Why is it if these are modifications trying to help you? But in reality... They always leave the stumbling block to your relationship. And he, says, and he says, what happened was, just like the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds get corrupted from that simplicity that's in Christ. Christ said, abide in me. What's the simplicity? That it's him. None of this other stuff. And, and, and getting back to the, to the natural and the science and all that with the GMO uh, way that they operate, what they do is they... <laughs> um, so they, they create a crop that's pest resistant. But then what happens is it gets on all the weeds and all that stuff. So, so now it, it's, it's resistant. And so, so now Roundup makes a thing where it's... Now they've got to kill the weeds, but they, now they have this Roundup-ready stuff where... Now, I mean, they just keep creating layers and layers of things. They got the, the cows. I, I'm told that, a cow, that, that the cows, when they have E. coli, is because they're not eating grass. 
that you can feed them five days, feed them grass for five days, and it gets all that stuff out. <laughs> but instead of doing that, they just come up with another modification <laughs> to try to deal with the, with the E. coli rather than make it natural. <laughs> okay, so he says, but your minds get cor- corrupted from the simplicities in Christ. Now, what does, what, how do things get corrupted? You ever had a, a message on a computer that there was corruption in the files? Something got in. Uh, Colossians 2 uses the word spoiled. <laughs> Don't let anybody spoil you. <laughs> huh? You smell something in the refrigerator, you know, ooh, well, how, well, it went bad. Well, how it went bad was something got in it. There's bacteria that goes in. It makes it bad. Some, something gets added to it. And some things get corrupted. See, the gospel gets corrupted by adding these other things. And the gospel is very pure. It's about life. And it's very simple, but yet all-powerful. The simplicity is, Paul, Paul told us how simple it was. I know he wrote lots of letters addressing certain things that were going on in the church, trying to help them navigate their day-to-day life and these things. But he said, but what I preached among you, what I preached, he didn't preach the letters, what I preached was Christ and him crucified. Hmm? That was his message. And he says, he says, but I don't want you to be, to be, deceived like the serpent deceived Eve. Now, how did the serpent deceive Eve? You need this. What you got's not enough. This will make you like God. This will make you wise. Over here, this will enhance you. And we got modified, didn't we? We got changed. We became another thing. <laughs> hmm? and, it was, and it was supposed to make us better. Eve looked at it. It, was a tree. it looked good for food. Looked like it would make us wise. Hmm? But we got corrupted. We get, went, from the, we went from the simplicity of Christ to the knowledge of good and evil. Thinking that we'll just be enhanced. We'll be better. More productive. More fruitful. And left the simplicity. And then Paul says, so For if he who comes preaches another Jesus... What's the other Jesus? A modified Jesus. A rule-bringing Jesus. A behavior modification Jesus. Uh, A Jesus that's obsessed with getting the sin out of your life. A Jesus that's obsessed with anything else about you besides giving you his life and his love. And he tells us why he can be that way. Well, you don't have to be nervous about that because he says, because if you abide in me and abide in my love, you'll bear the fruit. See, when people abide in this, when they have this organic relationship, it's ex- this is true. This is so true that when they have this organic relationship of abiding in his love, you can't help but be joyful. You've got joy. You're loved. You're living loved, man. You f- you're feeling the abundance. You're feeling the care. You're feeling the security. You're feeling the love. This thing is producing naturally in your life. You're feeling the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the kindness. You're, you're feeling all these things, and those things are pouring out of you all the time. Are y'all hearing this? It's a natural, organic production without needing any kind of Frankenstein science going on. If he who comes and they're preaching another Jesus that, you've not, that we've not preached, or if you receive a different spirit that we've not received... For one thing, he mentioned a spirit of fear, didn't he? He said, God didn't give you that. Hmm? Got any kind of message that's coming, any kind of thing coming that's that's producing fear in you? 
Instead of the fruit of love, joy, peace, <laughs> so on. Or if you've received a different gospel, a modified gospel that you have not, not accepted. And he says, and you, and you guys put up with this, he said. Now go to Colossians 2. I want you to be free and happy about taking a Jesus for who he is. I want you to be, feel so free and have the license to live in him, to live in his love, regardless of all the problems of this world, regardless of all your fallibilities, all your imperfections, to live in the love of Jesus and to enjoy a relationship that he came to give us. Remember, Jesus just wanted to be with you. He said in John 14, talking to the Heavenly Father, he said, Father, I desire that where I am, there will be with me. You ever just desire to be with someone? You ever just want to be with some, miss someone? I just wanted to be with you. Sometimes you got a, a family member, a loved one, and you just, you just want to see them, you want to be with them. He just wanted to be with you. He loved you. Verse 4 of Colossians 2. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with per per persuasive words. Verse 6. As, there you as therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now, how many of you have received Jesus into your life? Okay. How many of you have, have noticed now <laughs> that we received Jesus one way, but a lot of us were taught... <laughs> A lot of other things were brought in where we live in Christ another way. For instance, when I received Jesus, I did not receive him because I had fasted and prayed for many days. I did not receive him because I had grown my guts out in intercession. I did not receive him because I, I had got myself in line for his blessing. I didn't receive him because I'd finally got my ducks in a row and now I can receive him. I didn't receive him because I'd scrubbed my life clean so now I'm fit for the master to move into. I, didn't, I, I received him as ugly and as filthy as I was. had nothing to do with me. It was just his goodness. I believed that he, that, that, that he cared enough to save me and that he would if I, if I would if I would trust him in it. And boom, I received Jesus. And so many of the things that were added to me later on that I was doing, I didn't have to do in the beginning. Oh, come on. Come on. Hmm? Why, did they all the, how did, why, did we, why did they add all these other things to me? Because they're trying to make me better. Not realizing that I was clean through this word. Not realizing I was complete in him. Not realizing I was already a chaste virgin. I wasn't trying to become one. Come on home, church. <laughs> As you receive Christ, do everything else like that. Boom. You'll quit judging you. And once you quit judging you, you'll quit judging everybody else. <clears throat> As you receive Christ, so walk in him. Rooted in him. There's that organic again. 
rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, look at this, abounding in it, living in it, dwelling in it, abiding in it, abounding in it with thanksgiving. We were talking about this over lunch today. You said, you know, I said, you know what? This organic relationship, I have come, I, 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 I'm just so giddy about this because I know that I have tasted the tree of life. And I'm learning this person. I'm learning Jesus more. I'm knowing him more. The person of Jesus. Not about him. Not knowing his, his, his tenets and his, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm knowing him. And we're enjoying each other in this. And he's so good and he's so loving and he's so patient. And I can feel his excitement when I'm getting to know him more and more and, and, and how it's benefiting me. And, 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 and I'm just abounding in thanksgiving. That's one way you can know. Now, the message is, don't make yourself start being thankful so you can get blessed. See how we do that? We take this beautiful word and we put it back on you and try to modify you with it. We would take this verse and say, now here's how you get it. So you got to be abounding in thanksgiving. So make yourself thank God anyway. No, it comes from the vine. We're abounding in thanksgiving because of the organic relationship. And, I, and there's lots of fads that still get presented to me all the time. I'll go to meetings and, and do Bible studies and things, and people, people are bringing me books and and, and, and audio series on, they think, on these things they think are new revelations that people have. They come to, 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 to take the body of Christ into wherever she's supposed to go and all that. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm not tempted at all. I've got the relationship that I'm looking for. I'm not still seeking. I'm growing in this relationship, but I'm not looking for another. He is the one to come, and I know him. And so do you. First John says, you know him. I write to you, even you children in Christ, you know him. I love that assurance. You know him. Don't tell me you don't know God if you're in Christ. You know him. Hmm. He says, are y'all hearing anything? I know. Your brain might go, it's too simple, right? Like, <laughs> because... Anyway, verse 8. So beware, lest anybody spoil you or cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men. That's the modifications. You know, in, in, in genetic modification, this is not crossbreeding. Crossbreeding is one thing. You breed a couple of different kinds of cows or whatever, cross-pollinate plants. That's, that's just crossbreeding. But what we're doing now is we're taking, we're taking animal DNA and putting it in plants. <laughs> we're, we're taking what, what the GMO ch- church, Christianity, has taken the world's DNA, if you will, the world's precepts and traditions and ways, and stuck it into the church to try to make the church better. Hmm? Things like... Uh, You want, to be, you, you want to watch out for this thing. See, what I say is we don't want to take the, the, the world's things and plug it into the church to make the church better. Take the things of our kingdom, this kingdom, and take it into the world and, and, and affect that. 
See, this is how you do it. If in, in the so social political upheaval and all the fighting that's all going on, you can, take, you, can take, you can take the political thing, and maybe you've got the right stand and all that stuff, but you can take that. And, if you, and what I see Christians doing, they're putting that, as making that as part of their gospel. I mean, people, will, they're, they're pressuring me. I go to places, and they're, they're, I mean, the things they're talking about is geared to try to make me feel bad because I'm not on the steps of Washington. Carrying signs saying we're against this, you know. I mean, they'll present it to me like, if you're a Christian, this is what you'll do. If you're a, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what you'll do. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what I'm getting in my relationship here. <clears throat> are there a lot of horrible things that are going on I don't like? Yeah, things that you and I don't like, yeah. But if we're the salt of the earth, then let's take the kingdom and operate that way in a world. And remember, we're abiding in love, and that's what we're taking. But people get into all these different things. Generational curses. Why? Trying to make you better. Trying to figure out. Well, here's reasons you got separation anxiety, see? Because one of your ancestors fell off the Mayflower ship and had a separation anxiety, and that generational curse has passed down all this time. And Jesus ain't enough to do that. You've got to break that curse. Oh. I marvel that you are so soon removed from the simplicity that's in Christ. Bless our darling hearts and stupid heads. <laughs> too much behavior focus, too much devil focus. Hebrew roots, inner healing. And when I'm, I'm not talking about how Jesus, the organic, does heal your heart, your soul. But you know what we did trying to heal the heart and soul? And a lot of times it's still done out there. We're taking Freudian stuff to where here's the reason that you can't connect. Here's the reason that you're broken because mama didn't do something for you. And so everything's mama's problem. And so you've got to have to go to mama now. And you're going to have to deal with mama and try to get all this stuff worked out. And, and, and you just, oh my goodness. What about abiding in the vine where love and forgiveness flows? <laughs> hmm? But we make it hard by trying to make it better. Too much revival focus. Notice what all these things do. They're acknowledging that you're not clean, you're not complete, you're not there, you don't have enough, so you're going to have to try to go get it. And everybody's hungry and everybody's thirsty and everybody's passion, got, got full of passion and desire and want. And oh God, oh Jesus, we need and we want and da 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 da. And he's like, I'm the vine, you're complete in him. Simplicity. No, we want to be better. Better than him? <laughs> How y'all doing? Simplicity. You know, look up the word simplicity. That means another, I like the word simplicity, but it also, if you look it up, it actually says something else. That you've been removed from the simplicity in Christ. That word, that actual Greek word, look it up. You'll see two words. The generosity and abundance of Christ. You've been removed from the generosity of Christ. No, I got to go get it. You're bit, that, you got removed from his generosity. I've got to earn it. His generosity. <laughs> he says, don't let anybody spoil you. Don't let anybody corrupt you. Don't let anybody bring something else in. According to the tradition of men, the basic principles of this world, that's all that stuff is. Self-improvement. 
Because in him, in the vine, dwelling in him, is where all the fullness of the Godhead is. Woo! Rick Manis, I took a lot of these modifications. I'm like, okay, I can do that. 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 And finally, when I said, I can't do that, I found something I can do. I can live here. <laughs> I can live in him. <laughs> I found out I wasn't good enough to make me good enough, but I can live in him. For in him is where all the fullness is. And when I found myself in him, when I woke up on that floor and found myself in him, I be, that's where the revelation came, and that's where the birthing of my first book, Fullness, came from. And I titled it Fullness because of this thing right here. Because I found myself in the place where I always was, just like Dorothy waking up at home after she clicked her red shoes and found that she had been home the whole time. And the thing that I had been searching for, and I went through all the wilderness and got demonized by flying monkeys and the following the yellow brick road and all that stuff, trying to find some encounter with the great mysterious one. found out I had it the whole time. I had a brain. I had a heart. <laughs> it was a new heart. It was a renewed mind. <laughs> but I didn't know it because all the modifications made me feel like I'm trying to get it. And I followed the yellow brick road when I was dwelling in him and I already had the fullness of all of God. And when I saw that, I entered into Hebrews chapter 4. He that, has kept, he that keeps the Sabbath has ceased from his own works, modifications, and has entered into his rest. The seventh day is now. It's not some prophetic dispensation ahead somewhere. This is too simple, I know. It, it, it'll, it'll put a lot of our ministries... It put my ministry out of business. Brought it back home. I had a warfare ministry, had a prophetic ministry, had all kinds of other, and had things that were, that, were, that were good things too. But the main thing I found out is to keep the main thing the main thing. They say, Rick, why don't you, why don't you do a lot of the, the, the healing meetings that you, that you used to do? I'm all for that. But what I see a greater need of, anything else, I'm, and I say people that do that, do it and, 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 and heal the sick and do all the, the, all the things. And I do that too. People want prayer. We see things, things happen, but, but that's not my, my, big, my big megaphone sound anymore. This is the sound. This is what's needed. Because I saw myself praying and seeing people healed that still were... Didn't even know who they were. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. You're complete in him. Who's the head of all principality and power. Is this too easy? Would y'all stand up? If it's too simple, if it seems too simple, maybe it's what Paul was talking about. Hmm? See, this, the Bible is a thick book, and I love what Tommy was saying there before. We got this, the, the, the Old Testament's much thicker than the New, so there's, you, there's a lot more space to get sermons from. But if you understand the simplicity of it, that that was not written to us, it was written to a certain people, but it was, it's for our benefit, as all Scripture is. But all of that, as Tommy said, like Jesus explained very simply, they're all speaking about me. So, 
I'm the focus of the thing, he says. I'm the vine. See, him being the true vine, being the source, the author of life, he comes from a father. His father, and of course he's not created, but his father is the father. No corruption in it. No beginning. No end. His heritage, his heredity, genetics if you will, comes from pure life, is pure life. He brought us into that pure heredity to where we're not trying to get out the impurities of the world. He gave us the new nature. He brought us into his family. We were born again of God. And our heredity, our heritage, it's just like Jesus said, before Abraham was, he is. Our heritage is not going back to the Hebrew roots and, and trying to find the ancient ways. There's a way much more ancient, and it comes from the ancient of days. And before there was ever a covenant with Abraham, before there was ever the law of Moses, before Adam was created, there was him who is life, and that's our heritage. Wow. So who am I? Looking at the flesh, I can be very flawed, but it magnifies the heritage, the life. I'm crazy. I'm stupid. I do dumb things. I make wrong choices sometimes. But I'm abiding in life and in love, and it's so awesome. And things work good, and I can mess things up and then trust him, ask what I will. And things are so good. It's the relationship. Y'all hearing anything? How y'all doing? Well, Father, I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.